Hey, what is going on, everybody? Can you believe we made it to the seventh show? My guest today is a woman who supports women-owned businesses here in Chicago. She talked about her story of how when she was in college, she saw these two worlds, basically where people wanted to spend their dollar and the powerful women in business. She, she wanted to connect those two groups, and I'm excited for you to listen to it. She runs BossyChicago.com. Please welcome Sam Letcher. You're listening to The Chicago Hustle, a podcast that highlights the struggles, successes, and overall journey of Chicagoans pursuing their passion. My name's Edward Terrace, and I'm a Chicago real estate broker that focuses on understanding the rental and sales market to facilitate the sale of property, along with providing my clients a roadmap to one of the biggest necessities of life, a place to call home. And I'm sitting down with our neighbors to learn about their process, the lessons they've learned, and how they're making an impact. All right, Sam, we're live. Thank you so much for being on the show. Of course. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. No, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, what's crazy is the, after being connected with you, I've, so my podcast now, I've, I'm probably scheduled out about two months out now. Oh, cool. And the night, because you, for what, you know, people don't know is with your, your platform, you have basically a book of people who run businesses in Chicago and I love to promote people in Chicago. So when you sent out that form for people to be on the show and then I started getting submission after submission, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have all these people on and, uh, because of you. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you much for support. Thank you so much for supporting. Like, it's just great to get the people on my platform more exposure. So it's awesome to have media and podcasts like you out there who are really dedicated to telling local stories. Totally. And I think that Chicago, I think it's, it's underrated sometimes. I don't think you get enough exposure for uh, yeah. what's, what's going on here. So it's pretty cool to, to dive into people's stories. Yeah, I agree. And it's so much more interesting to hear about people who are building something cool, who like live in the neighborhood over or down the street for you or whatever it might be. Like, I love hearing what people are doing here because that means you could do it too. Absolutely. It's funny is because uh, you go to the same gym as Leora and that's how I got connected with you. Uh, yeah. That watched the podcast, uh, the second one I did. She, uh, so she's, and, and I love how you say, you know, people in different neighborhoods, she literally lives maybe one neighborhood north of me in Buena Park or Uptown. And oh, really? it's probably five minutes from me. And I've, I've never seen her before. And you would never know that she's hustling, doing, uh, mm. you know, making audio files or, you know, doing voiceovers in her, in her little world. And to be able to dive into that is, is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. So are you originally from Chicago? Like how did you end up here? I know you went to school here, but yeah. Yeah. So so I live in Logan Square right now. The way that I came to Chicago was I went to Northwestern for college. So I was up in Evanston um, for four years before moving to the city. And before that, I'm actually from Minneapolis originally, just outside Minneapolis in Minnesota. So my whole family is like spread out across the Midwest. And I just grew up coming to Chicago and knowing that I wanted to move here um, and getting really involved while I was in school up in the suburbs. So yeah, when I graduated, you know, I'd already started Bossy, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a little bit, but I already started my platform, Bossy Chicago, while I was in school up in Evanston um, and moved to Chicago after graduating to continue pursuing 
building this community here. And that's what I'm wondering is you, so you came here to Northwestern. What was the program? Did you say? I was in the engineering school at Northwestern actually. So it's not quite what I'm doing right now. (laughs) What a twist. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what type of, I mean, there's so many types of engineering. It's hard to, it's hard to explain. So I started in mechanical engineering. So like building, I thought it was going to be building shit, but it ended up just being glorified math. Right. Um, And I went into the manufacturing and design engineering program, which was a little bit more like building shit and doing product design, you know, like physical product design and manufacturing. And I really love the hands-on nature of that and the problem solving and trying to create like new stuff. But I was much more interested in like digital platforms and services for people rather than physical products. Yeah. And so I actually ended up graduating in this program called Integrated Engineering Studies, which was like a make your own major program for engineering. Oh. So you know how people can at some schools like make up their own major that they want to oh, focus yeah. in. Totally. I did that and I just focused on human-centered design and entrepreneurship. So basically my senior year after I switched to that, I just got to take a bunch of classes in the design school and the entrepreneurship school. Like one of them was a graphic design class and I designed all of Bossy's logos and branding just in that class. So it was a little bit of a hack for me to get to work on my company while I was taking classes. <laughs> That's so awesome. I yeah. um, So it's funny, when I was in school, I had this one professor, one of my favorite professors, and I asked him, I was like, oh, what's your, you know, I started asking him what his degree was. And uh, he said, oh, well, you know, I kind of just made one. And I was like, what? Yeah. what are you talking about? You can just make a major. Uh, so I'm assuming that, you know, of course you're going to have your 120 credits, but then it just has to follow some sort of. Yeah. Basically yeah. there's like an outline for the number of math classes and science classes and engineering classes. Um, and each class is categorized in different buckets. So as long as you create a proposal that you like hit the number of classes in each regard and you make a good case, for why you should be allowed to explore this theme rather than one of the majors they already offer. Um, it's kind of a, a program that they'll just let you into. So yeah, you, you have to make your case for it, but um, it ended up being a really good fit for me once I kind of started building Bossy and didn't want to just be sitting in engineering math classes anymore that no longer had anything to do with what I wanted to do after graduating. Man, I, I know you have uh, your own programs, but I think this is going to be better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, so you were doing your hustle in your class. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, I took a graphic design class. And I literally made Bossy's logo. I mean, it wasn't our logo when we launched. This was like halfway through. Um, we I, It probably existed for like nine months by then, but the logo was shit. We like got a, a we paid somebody like a hundred bucks to do it that we yeah. found on the internet sort of thing. Um, and so I like redesigned all of our branding in that class. We took one class called radical entrepreneurship where they were helping just with like, um, business operations and like testing out revenue models and stuff. And so okay. I got some other students on board bossy and we all took the class together. It was like a team of five people. So yeah, I took a bunch of classes that I like got to like my homework assignments were basically working on my company. Okay. So for, you know, just in case um, anybody doesn't know beforehand. So your business bossy Chicago is a basically a women owned business directory, right? Yes. So 
what we do is we shift purchasing power to women-owned businesses. We do that in a few ways. So one is the online directory, like you were saying. So when you go to our website, you can search businesses, you know, from restaurants and boutiques in your neighborhood to accountants, lawyers, chiropractors, like whatever it may be, um, you can support women entrepreneurs and women-owned businesses with those dollars. And so we have this platform that consumers and companies and organizations can use to find women-owned businesses to work with. Um, and then we also run an online community kind of behind that. Yeah. Um, how we're making money right now. So the directory is completely free to be listed on. I want to grow it as a community resource and a database and have as many businesses as possible on that directory. Um, so that's completely free and will continue to be. Um, but we make money by running this online community and directing more resources um, for networking and meetups, um, collaborating with each other, partnership and promotional opportunities with outside organizations, and just directing more resources to get the word out about your business. So we kind of have those two wings. Yeah, because when I was on your website, uh, and, and you know, with the, today's day and age, everything is turning towards online, is, mm -hmm. a lot of it is, is, you know, I seen you kind of had the, the ones near, you know, near me, online stores. I guess mm -hmm. a, a majority of your, the businesses in your directory, would you say a majority of them are online or? So we started when we started, they all had to be brick and mortar consumer oh. retail businesses. So for the first, like we launched it, we launched the directory as a Google map with pins in it. Right. So like you couldn't go onto our website and search for something. If you went onto our website, you would just see this Google map that had a bunch of pins in it um, of women owned businesses around the city. Yeah. And um, so that's how we started. So because of that, it was only like restaurants and shops and things like that. Um, you had to have a brick and mortar store and that went until almost like last spring. So a little over a year ago, we opened it up to, we had a more robust platform that we have now on the website where you can actually search businesses. So we were able to kind of create multiple categories for types of businesses that could be listed on the site. So now we have also online businesses, um, which I, are a ton of the new businesses on the directory are online businesses. And a lot of those women also sell in person. So it might be a jewelry designer who sells online, but also shows up at different fairs and markets around the city. We have a lot of like makers, if you know, that's kind of like a term. And then service providers. So like chiropractors or accountants or people who more like have offices rather than storefronts. So we kind of have an even split of those brick and mortar businesses, online businesses, and what I would call service providers, which could be, you know, B2B accountants or like chiropractors and things like that. So you go from studying math and engineering <laughs> and to, you know, starting your own business with this online directory and, yeah. and providing them exposure how, I mean, at what point were you, cause I know you said you were more interested in, in, in that side of things, but where, where did the shift happen from those yeah. classes? Well, the reason that I went into engineering in the first place was because like, as a kid, I was always fascinated with invention and like, how do you create things that didn't exist before? And I just like, I, I remember not being able to wrap my head around it like not being able to understand how like one day there was a light bulb and the day before there wasn't, you know, it fascinated me how like new things were created. 
And then I learned about engineering and it kind of seemed like that was the way to learn how to create new things, right? Like physically building stuff. Um, So that's what got me into engineering in the first place was the hands-on, the problem solving, liking to build things. And it's the same thing with entrepreneurship, starting your own business, working for yourself. I think everybody who's hustling, like the reason that we do that is because we like creating our own job and creating our own life and building our own work. And, you know, it's a hack to get to do what you want to do and what you love every single day. And it's also in part, you like seeing what you personally are creating, right? You're not a part of this huge organization where the work that you're doing every single day is just a blip on their radar of what's, what impact that work is going to have. When you're working for yourself and you're working one-on-one with individuals or clients or whoever, whoever it might be, you see the impact of your work right away. You see what you're creating. And that's always been what's motivated me to do work. So I I do kind of see it as all in the same vein. And as I started to realize that engineering was basically just glorified math that I wasn't getting to do the building that I wanted to do, I found the entrepreneurship. They had classes at, uh, at my college too. So I found entrepreneurship classes and I started learning about people who are building companies and, you know, through that also experienced what it was like to be a woman who was interested in entrepreneurship and being in such a male dominated space and learning more about, you know, still the inequalities that exist for women owned businesses and the amount of capital that women have when they start companies, you know, loans. And that's kind of what set me off on the trajectory to start bossy. So when you talk about those, those inequalities, because someone as myself, you know, being a man, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to see that, right. There's right. going to be things I'm not going to understand that someone is yourself would like what do you what are those biggest things that you're trying to close in the gap for yeah so women-owned businesses only make about four percent of the revenue in our country women-owned businesses tend to have a lot fewer employees be a lot smaller and have trouble growing part of that is because when women start businesses they start businesses with half the capital that men do so there are all of these you know when a woman walks into a bank i've heard you know stories of getting your business plan called cute, right? Or like, that's so nice that you want to open a bookstore, right? Without, it's it's kind of the subtle ways that people aren't taking women seriously mm-hmm. that tend to be subconscious. But those subconscious biases create real results in terms of women getting less funding um, in small business loans all the way up to venture capital and women who are starting high growth tech startups getting less money. Um, you know, the number of the the amount of VC dollars that are going to women founded companies dropped from 2.7% to 2.2% recently. So women are just not getting money to help us start and grow our businesses. And, you know, it, like I said, it kind of starts with those subconscious biases that cause people to just take women less seriously, perceive women as knowing less about business. Um, and being less capable of starting companies, right? Like we're seen as very capable of taking notes in meetings and organizing things, but not necessarily being big problem solvers and leaders. And that just results in women getting less money to start businesses and, uh, you know, fewer partnerships and just not being taken seriously and therefore having a harder time growing. Um, And, you know, because of that, nine out of 10 women-owned businesses have no employees. It's just solo entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So 
that was really what led me to look into, you know, just hearing those statistics as a woman who wanted to start a company and who was starting to be interested in entrepreneurship and have a lot of business ideas, like realizing just how shitty the outlook was for women starting companies is what made me want to actually like work in that space. So when you were in those entrepreneur classes, you were starting to, this is when you're starting to learn about all those statistics. And is that what, Mm -hmm. is this when your, your passion started and the understanding and you saw this problem. So that's when you decided like, Oh, this is a problem I can fix. And this is what bossy Chicago will do. Yes, it was. And a big component of that was this was also around the time, like, I don't know if you remember, people were deleting Uber from their phones for a while. Um, back right after Trump was elected, people were boycotting stores that sold any Trump products that had Trump family or stores that had Trump family products in it. Um, there was a lot of consumer activism happening and people who were saying, like, I don't want my money to go to that person. Got it. And that kind of made me realize that there's an opportunity here to have consumer activism, but in a positive way, not who do I not want to support, but thinking more consciously about who we do want to support with our dollars. So understanding how shitty the outlook was for women owned businesses, but also how excited and energized women were about supporting each other, how energized the United States was in general about, you know, consumer activism. And that's always been a big part of activism in our country and how there was just no one telling people where the women owned businesses were. And it, it, I just kind of saw these two, you know, the problem. And I saw people who were excited about almost being political with their dollars, being activists with their dollars and where they were spending their money. And I felt like I could connect those two groups. So. That's amazing. I love that. I, you know, the first time I ever kind of experienced even an understanding and and a disproportionate amount of, you know, the the support of women-owned businesses was, so I, you know, I'm a a real estate agent and Mm -hmm. I learn from so many people in the industry because when you start out in any business, you have no idea what the hell you're doing. Oh yeah. You have no idea. Nobody knows. Like we, none of us know what we're doing. Not a, not a clue. Figure, I literally figure things out some days by looking at other, the way other agents have done things and deals that I've done and I'll go back and see how they did and I'll just follow what they did. And, uh, so one of my coaches, she, she's supported me through like every step of a deal. So like anytime we go through a transaction, there's so many things going on and you know, people are asking you questions. They're depending on you for things. And I just, at the time, didn't really know. And she was, you know, the more I learned from her and mm-hmm. had her in my corner, she started telling me about her experiences. And she said that when she would go to sell someone's property, sometimes she would run into uh, somebody, you know, who was, if it was a, you know, a male that didn't want their property sold by another, by, by a female, she would mm-hmm. have to bring some, uh, a male at her company to have the respect right. to sell his property. And I was like, what? I was like, well, that just doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. But, um, you know, it's just something that people don't even notice. Like they wouldn't think that that was, they would just think those two people were working together. Yeah. But it's, it was more than that. Yeah, I hear the same sort of thing all the time, especially, um, you know, if you run a cafe, as an example, 
like I've heard so many people say, nobody's ever come up to me and asked me if I'm the owner. You know, if you, if you walk in, you need to talk to them, you're like, oh, are you the owner? Women will tell me, nobody's ever asked me that. And I all the time see like a male barista that I just hired who's 10 years younger than me. People go up to him all the time and ask him, oh, are you the owner? Like I have a question and he'll direct them to me. But I, people never assume that I'm the owner, you know? So you're in your own store that you've created. Like you built this place basically from the ground up and customers walk in and they see, you know, a young kid at the counter and assume that that guy must be the owner rather than the woman who's actually in charge. Like people just do not see women as being in control and being in charge of companies and spaces and businesses. And so they'll just automatically assume it's somebody else. So I'm totally not surprised by that story because it's just like, it's a constant decision of, am I going to be like, this is bullshit. I'm not going to bring a guy for my office just so I can sell a house. If you don't want me to be your fucking real estate agent, then find another, you know, or am I actually going to get you done and just face the reality that like, this is what I need to do in order to, in order to make this deal today. Right. And you kind of are constantly going back and forth between like, how can I change people's minds and like not put up with the bullshit of like having to, you know, have a man around just so people will take me seriously. And I refuse to do that because if you don't want to work with me because I'm a woman, then fuck you, let's not work together. Or, you know, sometimes you got to get shit done and you got to get that deal done and you got to bring the guy along so that you just don't have to deal with it. Totally. It's, it's something like the older I've gotten, the more experiences I've had, uh, you know, I even see random stuff like this and I don't want to go on too much of a rant here, but I, you know, I'll go out to eat with my girlfriend mm -hmm. and there's times during the season. So with, with business, and that's so funny thing about people running businesses. They think people who think people who run businesses are just, just loaded, but more, you know, majority of the time, the beginning right. of years, you're just struggling. You're just yeah. on the struggle bus and, uh, had no money. Uh, me and my girlfriend wanted to go out to eat and, mm -hmm. uh, she knows I'm not getting paid for probably a month because it yeah. just the, the season is dried up, and uh, we're we're out to eat, and they always assume that I'm that I'm paying for the check. Yeah, obviously. They, they have no idea I'm negative X amount of dollars in my <laughs> in my bank account, and um, it's you know I never you know before because I've been with my girlfriend now for six years, mm -hmm. and I never realized how much easier certain things were for me or like the things I would have to deal with. Cause when she tells me about being at work or the things she deals with, I'm like, man, you have to put up with that. Like, yeah. it don't, you know, you, you wouldn't even recognize it unless you know, you're in it. Yeah. And I'm um, actually, that's a really good example because everybody knows that it, like everybody knows being at the t dinner table, like going out to eat with your family and your dad automatically gets handed the bill or being yeah. out to dinner with your significant other. And if they're a guy, like the guys always handed the bill um and everybody kind of understands that and how there's this automatic assumption among that like the guy's gonna pay and when you translate that to starting a company and being like we have the same biases everywhere like the same biases show up in how we treat people not just when they're paying for dinner right so mm -hmm. the same biases that causes people to if there's a guy at the table and him the check are is what causes banks to be handing out loans to guys more than they're going to be handing out checks to women. So 
that's actually a really good example because sometimes it's hard to get people to like if you haven't seen it then it's it's hard to understand totally but yeah so i'm wondering when you you know when you started this this business and you i remember hearing a really because when you're talking about capital like getting capital to start a business is a huge aspect of it uh you told me about how you went and did a you know a a pitch competition right houston is that where you Mm -hmm. went yeah how did you you hear about that because you're probably like well if i want to if i want to do this thing i'm gonna have to get some capital and you ended up winning 15 grand yeah right how did that come about I, number one, I'm just so lucky that I decided to start a business while I was in school because I went to a school that wanted to help students start companies. And so we had, you know, mentors around. We had a dedicated space for student-run startups. We had programs for it. I started Bossy in a summer program at my, a summer accelerator program at my school where we got funding. So because that was the environment that I started my company in, I kind of immediately got access to this like network of people in Chicago and these emails that would get sent out with just like opportunities. Right. Okay. Um, and not most people don't have that when they start companies. So I was so lucky to kind of have this like mini student ecosystem around. And so I just heard about this pitch competition from a friend that I'd met through that community. Um, and she was working for an organization called uh, Anita Borg which is an organization for women in technology. And they put on the largest conference for women in technology every year called the Grace Hopper Conference. And it's mostly for like, you know, major companies like Facebook, Google, all of the major tech companies come to find women to hire like uh, software developers. So it's mostly technologists there, but for the first time they did a pitch competition for entrepreneurs because they were starting to kind of connect the women in technology and women in entrepreneurship and just trying to broaden you know, the women that they serve and the people who they include in that conference. And so they had a pitch competition for the first time. Um, and it had to be, you had to be a woman who is a founder of your company and the company had to benefit in some way women or their families. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, Bossy's perfect because started by a woman, the goal of this whole pitch competition is to be supporting woman owned businesses and businesses that are supporting women and my business is literally supporting women and businesses. So, you know, whenever you come, whenever I come across an effort like that, um, Bossy's immediately like a really good fit because it's, if we get benefit out of that pitch competition, like we're, we, we have the same values as the people who are organizing it. So we, yeah, we were accepted into that pitch competition and I was a speech speech captain at my high school. I was super nerd. So I've done like a lot of public speaking before. Um, and I love like creating a slide deck and like giving my arguments. And so, yeah, I I created a pitch and ended up winning the audience vote. So like usually in most pitch competitions, the audience vote is like a thousand bucks, which is awesome, but like, um, much lower than the prizes that the judges give out. But for some reason, this pitch competition, the audience prize was just as much as like second place got. And so it was a really big cash prize of $15,000 just for being the audience vote. And so that is what allowed me to go full time because I wasn't full time running Bossy um, before December. So I won that money at the end of September and I was able to go full time in December because of that funding. That's amazing. Now, so you're in college at this time, right? No, I was just out of college. So I graduated last June and the pitch competition Mm -hmm. was in September. 
And then I went full time on my company in December. So in that period of time, I was actually working for a mayoral campaign in Chicago. Man, what a turn. Like, yeah, I mean, such a short amount of time for your life to change. So how did you get to this event? Because I mean, you're running this business and like, you're like, okay, well, if I go to this event, I got to take this time. This could be a big opportunity. How'd you get there? They paid. They paid oh, for they did. Um, us to go. Yeah. I mean, it's this huge conference and it's made a, tens, tens of thousands of people go to this conference. So they have, they decided they wanted to do this pitch competition and they got applicants from all over the country to apply and then flew us out to do the pitch competition. So, man. Yeah. Did I mean when did you when you found out your when you got the the check for this like what did that feel like were you just screaming at the top of your lungs super pumped Yeah I mean it felt amazing I it felt just like I it also felt scary though too because yeah. it's like when you have that money now you got to do something with it you know, like when I pitched it and while I was working on this mayoral campaign, I was still working on Bossy on the side. And when it's your side gig, like any progress you make, any like little bit of progress is impressive, right? Because you're just like doing it on the side of your job or school or whatever it might be. And I had always been running Bossy either as a full-time student or on the side of this other political gig that I had and never as like my full-time job. Yeah. And the second you make something your full-time job, like there's so much more weight and pressure that comes with it. The second that somebody gives you money and they tell you like, we like what you're doing and we believe in it. So we're going to help you. Like you just feel so much responsibility to do something meaningful with the resources that you're being given. So I was overjoyed that I was knew that that money was going to mean that I had the space to work on bossy. Um, but at the same time, it definitely like cranks up the pressure. Totally. I mean, you go from having side hustle time to full time and mm -hmm. you're probably thinking, okay, now I've got X amount of hours. I have all my hours of my day. Yeah, what the fuck do I do with them? Yeah. So do you have somebody that you have, do you have a mentor? Do you have somebody who, I mean, cause do you do this alone? I know you said at one point you're working with so many people on it. Like, how do you work on this? How do you grow it? Yeah, I mean, the team has been really up and down because while I was in school, I started it originally with one other student. Um, and we got other students working on it with us during my senior year of college. So it was like, probably like six or seven people working on Bossy at its peak um, while I was in school. And then my co founder decided to go get a job and not work on it anymore. Um, and the team like, when I graduated, I was still figuring out what direction we were bringing Bossy in. Like I couldn't afford to pay them. I didn't even have like a clear vision of where we were going. And so I didn't keep the team on just because I'm not going to ask you to do free work for me when we don't even know. Yeah. Going with this. So since I graduated, it's, it's pretty much been just me working on Bossy, but I have so many people so many people are supportive of what we're doing from, you know, the women who run businesses who are on the directory and who are in the community that I launched a couple months ago. Um, 
who I, you know, I work out of a co-working space in Logan Square called Second Shift, which I would recommend to anybody who is looking for a co-working space. It's a lot of like freelancers and people who are running their own companies. So we're all giving each other advice. I met mentors at school. So yeah, there's a ton of people around the city who, you know, want to be sounding boards for me. And it feels really good to have that support, even though I'm the only one who's technically working full time on Bossy right now. And speaking of support, and I always ask people this question just because I want everybody to know that it's okay to take a different direction. Was there ever a point where you're, you know, you're going to school for engineering and you started to make this shift? Was there ever a time where like, whoa, uh, Sam, this is not safe. <laughs> like, this is probably not the best direction to go. Did you ever have that? Yeah, absolutely. I, well, number one, even when I was first starting Bossy, I remember sitting down with one of my mentors, um, Neil Salas Griffin, who's actually also ran for mayor of Chicago in this last election cycle and who I worked for on that mayoral campaign. So that's it. He, the candidate that I've been working for, had actually been a mentor and advisor to Bossy in the past. So um, when I was first starting Bossy, Neil sat down with, I was like, I had all these ideas of, you know, different problems that I was interested in working on. And you know, women-owned businesses, that was kind of like one thing that I was really passionate about. And I sat down with Neil and I was like, wanting to start something. And I kind of had that mindset of like, but I'll do it one day. Like I need to go get experience first before I start my own work for myself, start my own company, X, Y, Z, right? Like I'm not qualified to do that. I need to like, I'll get a job, I'll make some money get some savings and then I'll start my own company. And he just really reshifted my mindset to say, like, the older you get, the more risks there will be associated to starting a company. Like, you'll get settled in a job and you'll have this income. And then if you leave to start your company, you're giving that that income. You know, when I was in school, my parents were paying my rent. Like, I didn't have any, like, expenses that I, other than, like, my food, you know, like, my parents. So I didn't have anything to lose, basically. To start a company while I was in school, I didn't have anything to lose. And I just kind of tried to keep that mindset as I was graduating too, because obviously it shifted. Like, as I was graduating, I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep working on Bossy. We didn't have a revenue model. We weren't making any money, basically. And I am I felt arrogant being like, well, yeah, we're not making any money but I still think that I'm better off working for myself and making bossy work than finding a job. Um, and it was, it was really hard to, well, all of the other students who are graduating and all my friends graduating alongside me were looking for jobs. It was really hard to go a different path. Yeah. And I think that's, um, that, that is always a struggle to, you know, think about, because a lot of times you're going to be thinking about what you're probably losing out on. Right, exactly. But you have to... We need this experience, but in reality, like, the less experience you have and the less settled you are in a career and the le- like, you're just, what are, what do you have to lose? Like, just try something out, you know? Um, so right now, like, my expenses are me. And Bossy's, like, the expenses of running Bossy are super low overhead because it's basically just paying for me to be here working on bossy. Right. So that's the best time to start a company. Like that's the best. Cause you don't have, you, you can live with very little. 
and just put all of your, you know, energy and, and time into your company. Totally. So when you won that, that money in Houston, do you, would you say, cause you're thinking to yourself, what do I do with this money now? Was it more important for that money to start delegating other tasks or to grow your company? Or was it more important to have that money to take care of, of your bills so that you could just put all of, pour all of your sweat equity into it? Is that basically what you use it for? Yeah, I use it for runway to pay myself to work on Bossy. And I think that's super important. People talk about starting companies and not taking any salary from day one, right? Like, if you're not paying yourself, you do not have a sustainable company. You do not have a profitable company. Because if you're the only one who's going to be willing to run this shit, making pennies or making nothing, like, it's just not sustainable to grow your business in a way where you can't afford to pay somebody to work on your business. Like the major, one of the most major expenses of having a company is paying you and your employees. And so I really believe that like, you know, when I won this money, I can't do anything with that money. If I have to have a full-time job, like that's not, I, 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 I need my mental energy to be to totally focused on bossy in order to make real progress. I am not the kind of person who does a really good job. Uh, I, I like to dedicate hundred percent of myself to something. So if I have another job, it's really difficult for me to, it's, it's really difficult for me to manage both things. So yeah, I use the money to pay myself to work on bossy. And I remember sitting there and like some of the other people who are in the pitch competition basically making offhanded comments about how like $15,000 would basically like pay one of their bills, you know, like they had teams of like five or six people and companies that they contracted to work for them. And these, they raised all this money and $15,000 was basically like a drop in the bucket for them. And I was sitting there being like $15,000 is six months runway for me to work on bossy. Like exactly. Huge, it made a huge difference for me. And the only reason it made a huge difference for me is because I've built Bossy to be super low overhead too. Like if I'd built Bossy that, you know, we've got thousands of dollars worth of software or people working on it to make it just run every month, then it would have also been a drop in the bucket for me. But it wasn't because I've been really like scrappy about the way that I build our operations. And I feel like that's always the toughest part is if you don't have to worry about having the money and you can just focus on your day-to-day -day. like that's I feel like that's sometimes when you're getting started that's the that's the toughest part is being exactly. able to just do what you're what you're doing you know exactly exactly so right now basically I'm just hoping that by the time the money that I've gotten basically that we're making enough revenue that I can keep working on bossy full time by the time that money runs out. So right now, like a combination, the way that we have money is a combination of that and the revenue that I'm generating from our memberships. And hopefully the right equation will like come into place where I can just keep working on bossy full time and we're making enough money. Totally. To do that. And I think anytime, cause I think if you're gonna, if you're gonna make it, if you know, you're sticking because if you, you know, I've heard the same, I'm sure plenty of people have is, you know, if you have a plan, um, you know, a, a plan B, that's just going to take away from plan A, right? Yes. And I remember when I was first, um, you know, starting my career, I was, mm -hmm. I was an Uber driver. So I would, you know, Uber from 4am until, you know, 
whatever time, probably until I would start making my phone calls. And there was a point in time though, where there was this like leap of faith of, okay, I have to decide if I'm going to do this full time or if I'm not. And because when I was doing Uber, it was like, okay, you know, the time and energy I spend in this is going to take away from this, which is, you know, ultimately going to give me the life that I want to have. And it was just like, okay, I'm going to stop this because it's exhausting and I hate it. But this is, you know, what I want to do. And I think I can make it. I think I can make it to the end. If I do these actions every day, I I have faith in myself. I, I don't, I'm not making any money right now, but I think it'll work out. And yeah. um, if you just show up every day and you trust yourself, well, thankfully it worked out. Um, yeah. But like you said, what do you, what do you have to lose with how young we are? The, the, ass, the, the asset of time that we have is just amazing. Like we don't have other things to worry about, which is, pretty great. (laughs) Right. Right. No, I completely agree. And I actually think that's a really interesting point bringing up like doing Uber on the side. I still nanny a little bit on the side. Um, and what I would recommend to people if you're doing a side hustle and you know, this works out better for somebody who isn't already in a career that they're still progressing in, but like driving for Uber, nannying, like if you're doing activities that use a different kind of energy than your business, right? Like for me, running bossy requires like creative energy. I just like hanging out with kids. So to nanny, that's like a completely different bucket of energy for me. It doesn't, it doesn't suck energy away from me. Like it's fun for me to hang out with kids and I babysit a couple of times a month just to, you know, bring a little bit more money in, right? So I would recommend for people who are still running their company as like a side hustle to that your full-time gig or part-time gig or whatever you're using to make money in the meantime, like if at all possible, like don't have it be like a job and a career that you're also throwing your creative energy into because then you don't have any creative energy left to give to your company. But like, you know, I've people who like driving and like talking to people and that doesn't feel like work to them. Like, driving Uber is an excellent idea because you can make money doing that and then still have your creative like mental energy to give to the other thing that you're doing. But people always feel like their plan B needs to be like a whole career. And so you're investing in like your side hustle alongside a a career that you're also passionate about. It's really difficult to do that. Yeah, totally. You just need just enough. Right. Exactly. You literally need just enough. (laughs) Yeah. And you can build a company 10 hours a week. You can build a company in 10 hours a week. I totally don't believe in the whole, like everybody saying like you need to work 80 hours a week and like hustle, 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 like every single, take care of yourself. Like if you're not in good health mentally and physically, then like you're not going to be able to build shit. So I don't believe in burning yourself out and working 80 plus hours a week. I totally believe that you can build a company and your time alongside, uh, alongside another job you just have to be smart about where you're putting your time and energy. Well, I think that comes to longevity because if you're like, let's say you, you know, you're, you're an athlete and you're going to train seven hours a day and you do that for three days, you might crash and burn. So you just, Mm -hmm. you know, take Mm -hmm. your time and be focused more on consistency of, you know, an hour a day or whatever it is. And if you can do that, you'll eventually do more in the long run. Exactly. Now I completely agree with you. 
So what does your day-to-day look like? I mean, with you being able to be, you know, full-time with it, what are the, the, the activities that grow your business that you focus on? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, first of all, the free directory is a big thing that I push. So I get the word out about that because I want more people searching. My ultimate goal is to get more dollars funneled to women-owned businesses, right? And so I also want to get more businesses on the directory so that more people hear about it. So I'm doing, I'm always doing outreach to get more people to list their businesses on the directory, which also, you know, helps me in the long run make money because the more businesses that are on the directory, those are kind of potential members for my paid community. Um, So that's a big part of it. Another thing is just running this membership that I have going. So like I said, I launched it a few months ago and basically I send these curated emails twice a month um, to all of my members with opportunities to collaborate with fellow businesses and to promote your business with outside organizations. So for example, like I hooked up my members with um, a WeWork location in River North and two of my members booked free pop-up space there. And one of them um, is doing a workshop for WeWork members. Um, They're a video production company. So it's kind of a way to get their offerings also in front of WeWork members. So basically, um, I, those are the kind of connections I'm making for my members. So I'm always reaching out to organizations and companies like WeWork who want to be supportive of women-owned businesses and work with women-owned businesses and local events, initiatives, um, not just companies, um, podcasts, like anybody who wants to work with more women-owned businesses. Um, I kind of direct those opportunities to my members. So I'm also always doing outreach about that and making sure that the membership is as valuable as possible because people are giving me money to be a part of this community. And so I want to make sure that I'm sending them really tangible opportunities um, for their business. Man, so basically you would say the the way your you grow is literally just by being able to give this free directory and giving a you know uh, monthly opportunities. Yeah. So those opportunities actually go to my customers, my paying members. Okay. So there's woman owned directory and mm-hmm. that's free. And then we also have the woman owned collective and that's this community that I'm directing all of these resources and partnership opportunities to. So basically um, a, a subset of the members of the woman owned directory decide to also pay in to be a part of that community. And so that's how we make money right now is to charge a membership fee to be a part of that. and it's still in its early stages. So I do, I do a lot of recruiting members from the directory to join that collective, recruiting people, um, you know, from outside the bossy network to just come in and join whichever level they want. They're, they're interested in joining. Um, but a lot of my time is spent on really improving the membership and, and what we can offer to members because it's super important. Like, while we're still early and the membership is still small, like I can work with every single member individually to make sure they're getting value out of the membership, um, to be bringing in organizations that they want to partner with. Um, we're doing a happy hour next week. Um, for oh, all nice. the members. So like more general networking and relationship building for the people who are in that community. So yeah, a lot of my time and energy right now is just spent on making that membership awesome so that more people eventually want to be a part of it. But right now, just focusing on the members who are already a part of it. Do you, so do you, are you constantly reaching out to your current members just asking like, hey, what do you want added to this, this content that I'm giving you? Yeah, like I said, I send out um, 
emails twice a month yep. that have like lists of opportunities. And so in all of those emails, I'm also asking for feedback. We have a Facebook nice. group. So we're having conversations over in the Facebook group. I know a lot of the members personally. So I'll also ping people individually to ask for feedback and figure out what they want. When I bring on new members, I kind of learn a little bit more about what they want from the community and what they're looking to get out of it for their business. And so a lot of it is really, um, you know, just, I personally know all of these companies who are part of the membership and I know yeah. really well what they're looking to get out of the membership because I'm talking to everybody when they're signing up, we're talking to the Facebook group, I'm, you know, getting feedback from, I, I can, you know, I'm introducing them to these opportunities so I know which ones are popular. So yeah, um, it's small right now. So it's still like, I'm in it and I, I just kind of like have my tabs on everything and I'm trying to, um, you know, make it as valuable as possible, like I said, so that we can grow the membership eventually, but make sure that it's, you know, you always got to make sure that it's working well and yeah. giving people value before you focus on growing it. Like don't grow, grow something that's not working, make it work first and then, and then grow the membership. So that's totally. kind of my thing. I love the the aspect of, so I think with, really with any business and anybody who's listening to this can get something out of it. So for you, there's this, there's this free aspect to your business, being on this directory. Yeah. So it's a, it's a form of, of giving, right? If I was a, you know, a chiropractor, I might have, I might have free massages in the front of yeah. my, my business and that's eventually going to bring somebody in. As a realtor, I'm going to have a free list of homes that people can look at. And then, you know, there's always a tier after that so that's pretty cool to, yeah, to see but, there but you always have to make sure like you're saying with the free massage like you have to make sure that it's connected to what you're selling totally right? like if you're just giving stuff away for free just to attract people and to talk to you and then you're offering something that's completely different from that like you got to make sure that everything works together the goal of bossy is to be helping you get the word out about your business, whether that's just through the free listing on the directory or all of the other resources that we offer in the membership. But I was super specific about, you know, the same reason that you join the directory for free is the exact same reason that you would join our paid community because you're looking to get the word out about your business, right? And so they all really like work together. And I think that as a business, you always have to make sure that you're really clear on the value that you're giving to people because otherwise, it is hard to communicate to people about what you're doing. Yeah. You know, we're, we're simple. Human beings are simple. Like we can only get about like three takeaways from like any piece of information max. Right. So like if you're being, if, if you've got different value, like everything is bringing a different value it, and they're not talking to each other, then people will just get confused. So you got to make sure that you're still staying really specific in what you're doing. And if you're offering a free level, you are being really strategic about like what you're offering for free and that that's actually going to, in the long run, be sustainable for you to offer that for free. Totally. And you know, when you talk about, you know, giving certain things to people, I, you know, I wanted to, you know, bring this up just because when I was talking to you about having people on the podcast and yeah. um, so it's like, okay, you know, at this point I was, you know, giving a, a platform for somebody to give their voice. And it was funny cause I was like, well, you know, I should probably create this, this form a form or something where people can just sign up for the podcast. Cause that'll, you know, initially get me more people to be on there. Yeah. And then you, uh, you said, Hey, do you have a form or something to where, people can sign up to be on your podcast. And I, I thought to myself, 
I don't, but I should probably do that right now. Yeah. So <laughs> if you go on my, on my Instagram now, the, you go on my link, it has all the, uh, the podcast portals people can go on and then it has a, you know, how to be on the podcast and they can click on it. And, and after talking to you and, you know, you kind of giving me that initiative to create it, you know, you know, of course now I'm starting to get more and more submissions, you know, uh, randomly. So I wanted to thank you for, you know, pushing that forward. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, thank you. I'm, I, we got to put that opportunity to be on your podcast out to some of the woman owned businesses that I work with. So, you know, more people will be hearing from woman owned businesses around the city. Um, and they're doing amazing work. So that'll be really cool. Totally. Yeah, no, it's, it's been great. And I guess with, with your business, I mean, I know you said that you want to focus on, you know, making it better before you grow it. Yes. Yes. I think it's super important. So, I mean, at the point, let's say, you know, you are going to make it better in regards to delegation. I mean, mm -hmm. what is the, because if in regards to delegation, it's just being able to, you know, solve more problems. Like how, how are you going to be able to, to do that? What do you see that being? Yeah. And I don't really think it's solving more problems. I just think it's solving the problem that you set out to solve better. Right. Okay. So for me, what the membership seeks to do is to give you tangible opportunities to get the word out about your business without adding more networking bullshit time to your schedule, right? So as small business owners, we're always going to these networking events, trying to meet people, trying to figure out what the opportunities are and spending a ton of time building these relationships that oftentimes don't end in tangible opportunities to partner and work together. Because how are you, how do you know who's the right person to go up to in like a room of 50 people at where you're not working, right? So the goal of my membership is to bring these tangible opportunities twice a month to collaborate with each other, partner with outside organizations, get, you know, get the word out about your business um, without you having to go out and network and figure out what those opportunities are. We're just sending them to you and you can see which ones are relevant to your business or not. Decide which ones you want to participate in. So I just want to continue to do that thing better rather than solving totally. more problems okay. and giving more, more opportunities, you know, rather than like adding to the things that we do in the membership and spreading out, spreading myself thinner. Like sure. I just want to get better at making those connections for people want to get better at figuring out what opportunities are the most valuable for small business owners. How can I better help business owners be hiring each other? You know, that's another part of the membership is helping people hire figure out, you know, hire each other and get business within the membership group. So, um, yeah, you know, all of these opportunities to get, get more business. And so I'm just trying to make sure those things that I've set out to do are working really well. And I'm getting feedback on, you know, what kind of promotional opportunities are really at the bottom line going to be beneficial for businesses so that I'm constantly improving the opportunities that I'm sending to the business and people can trust every time that I'm sending them an opportunity. It's going to be um, a, a good thing for their business to participate in. That's amazing. You're like, yeah. you're like a real life girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to basically create this competitive advantage for women on businesses in the city. Um, there are a lot of companies and organizations that want to work with local businesses, want to work with small businesses, want to show their support for women and businesses in the city. And there's just not an easy way right now for them to direct 
there are opportunities for women-owned businesses and I'm kind of acting as that hub. So if you want to work with a woman-owned business, if you want to show your support for women entrepreneurs in the city, you want to hire them, if you want them to be involved in an event or an initiative, like that's what we're doing. We can connect you to women-owned businesses and those businesses want to hear about those opportunities and find creative ways to be um, promoting what they're doing. That's awesome. So where, where can people find you? Like website, Instagram, everything. Yeah, yeah. So the website is bossychicago.com, B-O-S-S-Y, Bossy Chicago. Um, Instagram, Bossy Chicago, Facebook, Twitter, they're all Bossy Chicago. And it really is like built as a consumer resource too. So even if you're not a small business owner or even if you're not somebody who works with small business owners, um, you know, find women-owned businesses in your city to support and not because it's an act of charity because I genuinely believe, especially as a woman, like I'm going to have a better experience at a woman-owned business because women make better things for their women, right? Like when women are designing the, the gifts that I buy for other people, like the rest, it's just, it's just a better experience because they get me, they get what I like. And so I also just think that women make better shit for me. <laughs> so don't do it as an act of charity, but like be conscious about where you're spending your money, where it's going and who you really want to be supporting with your dollars because it matters. Like where we spend our money really, really matters. And that's why I started Bossy because I really believe that as consumers, where we spend our money matters. And so I'm just trying to help people direct those dollars to women. So yeah, you can find us at bossychicago.com and you can find women-owned businesses um, for whatever you're looking for there. And if you want to work with us, you can contact us there. Cool. I don't think I can follow it up with anything better than that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Awesome. No, thank you so much. And uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, I see you have bossy merch. Uh, yes, yeah, t-shirts. So I'm going to have to get me one of those. Um, maybe I'll have, to, I'll have to post it under one of my blazers one of these days yeah. for you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully I'll be talking to you soon. Yeah. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye.